<clears throat> terabytes is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing on this show is advice. No financial, tax, legal, or any other kind of advice. Nothing we say is an inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy. Anything you invest in, well, that's at your own risk. So you should do your own research and consult with your own professionals. Pete, Mr. Peter K., coming to us live from Miami, where it's hot and sunny and the crypto market is just exploding. Sir, how are you? It's uh, I'm doing great. It's hot and hurricane-y, more like. There's a hurricane coming. I guess it's that tropical storm now. Um, price you pay. Price you pay. Apparently, the, also, yeah. Apparently, also, rough form. internet is the price you pay. Um, apologies for any freezes. I'm moving very soon, and internet's a priority. So, hey. We got Would lots to talk that- about, though. Let's talk a lot. Let's Let's jump in. Let's jump in, man. <laughs> Um, there's so much that's happening in this ecosystem that I can't No, Like what was the last news bite? 44 projects mentioned. It was 42 yeah. on the thumbnail, but I counted up again and it was like 44. And, um, you know, there's, there's already new news that we got to cover here, including some projects that people on stream will have never heard of before. Um, probably. So let's jump right in. Let's do it. I think a lot of what we're talking about today, uh, before we dive specifically into project things, is uh, very much um, about the validator rewards. Um, And we see Dreamer here, validator rewards, not staker rewards. We're going to talk about that. You had a meeting offline with with a a company that's getting involved. No No meeting. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Can't leak any of that alpha, but... um, we will keep we will keep it. Uh, let's talk about validator rewards first of all, because there has been a conversation amongst validators. Um, there's some ideas of people talking about maybe having a minimum it for um, for commission. And so, you know, we, we want to talk about what are the benefits of that. Why would we do that? Does that hurt people who are staking to our validator amongst other validators? Is that helpful for validators? What does it do for decentralization? We saw Do Kwan himself say on Twitter that. Um, the Nebula airdrop was going to go to people. It was going to be distributed evenly amongst validators. And what does that mean? Well, that means if a validator has 100 people staked to it, they're going to get only, say, 100 Nebula. Uh, so each person that's staked there would get one Nebula according to the weight of their uh, stake. So let's just use very simple math. However, let's say that only two people were staked to your validator and that validator gets 100 Nebula. Well, now you each get 50 if you're evenly staked. So um, let's let's dive into this a little bit, Pete. What's uh, what's going on in the world of validators, and what does the a minimum commission even mean? Sure. Let me. Uh, somebody they're asking for the snake on screen, <laughs> so I'll get the snake later, get him. guys. I'll get him. I'll get him later. I'll get him when Evan's talking. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and pop up this. Uh, let's see here. Um, that should be the right thing. All right. You should see a, a Twitter a Twitter thread by yours truly on the screen. We're looking good yep all right so uh we did there's been a discussion about luna uh, validator like commissions and can they cover costs if you don't know uh when you stake to a validator or you delegate to a validator you vote for a validator they all mean the same thing you uh you stake your luna it's still yours it's still in your control your wallet and everything um but it's locked up for 21 days usually and then the validator uh, has your votes. 
So the validator is more likely to create a block and get the various rewards, um, and the validator has more voting power in governance, right? And so uh, if you vote for validators that are good, that have good reliable infrastructure, and that have good, they do good things for the community, it helps the community out, helps the validator out, helps the network out, helps network value out. So you wanna make sure that, we wanna make sure as a community that ultimately our validators costs are covered by their commission. Now the commission is a percentage, it's usually pretty small, a percentage of the rewards that you would get as a staker um, that is taken by the validator and given to the validator. And, uh, and commissions are, are pretty normal. Um, I think 5% is a pretty normal number that validators have right now. We're at 3%. There's validators with 10%. There's validators with 1%. There's validators with zero. But those are usually special cases. Either they are just spun up a validator to stake a bunch of money that they already had to themselves, or they... Um, uh, they, they're doing a special promotional. And in a few weeks or a few months, they'll start hiking that commission rate up. Uh, but anyway, we did a discussion on this because it does tend to drive everything down to zero. Normally you're paying a couple hundred dollars for the node, depends on where you are, what setup you're using, but you're also covering, we've got to cover fiat price feed subscriptions. It actually use services, ideally more than one, that is a paid subscription that gives you a fiat price feed. Uh, because the rates we need fiat price feeds at the free subscriptions don't cover uh, because that's a service that's critical to all these stable coins is that validators cover these like price feeds for uh, fiat currencies. And then sentry nodes, which basically protect your main node uh, and storage is going to grow over time because of people transacting and then potentially a backup node, RPC nodes, which are nodes that uh, apps and other groups, analytics, dashboards, whatever, can use to communicate and ask what's going on on the network. So an RPC, um, like, a, like a more public informational node um, or, or testnet nodes, uh, which you have to do if you want to be in the delegation program from Terraform Labs. Um, and so all these things are costs that the nodes are covering, but the fact that people want more rewards means that competition drives the percentage down to zero. So if you can afford it, if you have tons of money that you're staking to yourself, or if you uh, maybe are at 1% commission, you have tons of votes, then you can afford to drive those percentages down where smaller validators, if they're at those lower percentages, like zero or 1%, they're just eating costs. And um, you know, so a lot of them are just negative, right? In running, running in the red. Um, so the idea that Terraform Labs brought on uh, someone new, uh, you could see that the validators are, while they're not like extremely centralized, there's some, validators with uh, like major power compared to the others. So Terraform Labs brought on somebody new, um, Jared, I, uh, I guess his last name is Warren, Jared Warren, and uh, he's validator relations now at Terra Money, and Jared immediately proposed setting minimum validator commissions. Um, so, so that there's an expect like there's 5% or 1% or 10%. I don't know where the discussion is going to shake out, but minimum commissions. So the validators costs are covered. I think this just, I think personally, I think this just doesn't do anything except maybe like explain to the community what validators need to cover their costs because, uh, the validators could just drop that, that minimum percentage directly to their voters. Uh, which we've seen on other networks, right? Remember um, EOS in the in the beginning, there were no rewards. In fact, they called it vote buying. It was heavily discouraged for block producers, validators on that network 
to give anything back to voters. Um, but then that sentiment shifted and now it's, now it's normal. Uh, and it wasn't because the network changed its protocol. It was just because the validators that were getting voted in decided to directly drop to voters. So no matter what, there's going to be competition down to 0%. Um, the question is how to do this. Larry from, uh, from Delphi digital came in and that's not right here. Uh, Larry from Delphi digital came in and said, well, we need to do a reward curve so that smaller validators get more rewards proportionally, and it doesn't have to be severe. Maybe it's not as big as the quadratic rewards proposal, but a curve so that if you're a tiny validator, you're getting a little bit more rewards proportionally covering some more costs. Um, but that even has a loophole. You could just, uh, if you're, let's say you're an exchange with lots of Luna and you want more rewards and more voting power, you're not going to keep one validator up that you're staking all your funds to. Uh, you're going to try to find that perfect balance where you've got small validators, so they're up the curve, so they get more rewards, and you're now covering more paid positions. So you're, you're eventually, uh, the exchanges want to spin up a lot of what sock puppet validators that they're voting huge funds for because people keep Luna on exchanges um, or they have their own you know, cash. And they're, I, I mean, game theory wise, they want all the paid positions. We've seen this on other networks before too. Um, so the question, the, the discussion is very important for the future of the network, given what we've seen in delegated proof of stake networks before. And Terraform's done these temporary measures. I'm just going off here, but tell, stop me if you have a question. Terraform's doing these temporary measures where like the Nebula airdrop is gonna go to smaller validators more, but that's only temporary, right? After that, people are gonna go restake for Orion or whatever, um, not to bash Orion, but they're gonna go restake to somebody uh, you know, for whatever reason they were staking before. Uh, so the Nebula airdrop, and then uh, also uh, a couple of big accounts redelegated their votes, and there was a Terraform Labs delegation proposal. So the network has decentralized a little bit in voting power and rewards recently, but again, all those are kind of temporary measures. And so we're in the middle of a, a big discussion with a new person at Terraform Labs about how to set this up correctly for the long term. Is that a good summary? Yeah, I think that's a great summary. And, you know, it's, right. it always seems so simple. Uh, someone says, oh, let's just set a, a commission floor at 5%. But there's a loophole, right? Everything within crypto has the most extreme game theory. If there's a way to poke a hole into anything you do, it's going to be done by, by way of greed. And so uh, it's, it's very interesting to see sort of how we create these anti-fragile networks throughout sort of trial and error. Um, and, you know, in Terra's case, it's not necessarily trial and error, but a lot of good conversations on the Agora uh, forums. Um, and then, you know, you talk about some of the loopholes as well with the quadratic voting. Um, it, it seems to me in, you know, this just to get a little bit into I don't want to get too far off on a tangent here. Um, it seems to me like transparency is definitely at least a, a helpful in this circumstance, um, you know, people who are running nodes and validators out there, if they can be more transparent about what their costs are, I don't know if many people even know uh, what what goes into being a validator. Maybe they understand that, like, yeah, you need some computing power, uh, but we're paying the fees for uh, the Oracle price feeds and we're paying fees for for other things out there. So it's it's interesting to just at least be transparent. You can show people sort of what your costs are. Um, and again, I, I don't want to go too far, far off onto a tangent and change the subject here, but one of the um, 
one of the content bounties out there, or at least something that we're going to to push for a little bit more in the count, content bounty program, is sort of a more transparent profile of validators. I know since we began running our validator, uh, and since we've sort of been around in the Terra ecosystem space, a huge question that we get from people all the time, or that I just see randomly on uh, Telegram, is, well, which validator should I stake to? And, you know, I don't go around like blowing our own horn and say, oh, stick to terabytes. But, you know, a lot of people will mention um, Orbital. A lot of people will mention us. A lot of people will mention um, some of the other ones out there. Sorry, I'm, I'm on like 15 minutes of sleep because my my newborn daughter woke me up last night. So uh, my apologies if I don't name everybody that's doing great work in the Terra ecosystem as a validator. Um, but there's really not like a great place to go, especially for newcomers and go and find what is the information on these validators? And if you run through the list, if you're on Terra Station, there's a bunch of validators that are, you know, they're joining every day, they're new, maybe they have a huge delegation, maybe they don't have much, and you don't even know really who they are or what they're about. Maybe they're a fund, maybe they're uh, an exchange, as you said. And so it would be nice if we could get some sort of content out there. Maybe it needs to be a, a terabytes um you know, something that we do, or maybe we can do it through the content bounty program and just see, uh, you know, what are these, what are these, um, what are these validators all about? What do they, what are they spending their money on? What do they see as the vision of the future of the entire ecosystem? Do they agree with quadratic voting? Um, you know, if you're a large exchange and say we, we implement quadratic voting, it might not be as easy for you to go ahead off and break into several different smaller validators if we have that transparency of, okay, well, wait a minute, who's this new validator all of a sudden? Are they putting like a shell validator in place or a sock puppet, as you said? Who's running that? Are they going to like mask their voice or hire their cousin to come in and do an interview to talk about, you know, how they're a new validator spun up completely out of nowhere from the clouds? Um, so it's it's interesting to see um, just, just what's going on. A couple questions here, Pete, that I think you could probably answer better than I could. Um, this one's from Convicted Marketer. He just says, what's the average cost monthly to run a node? Um, and then he also followed up with, is there a dashboard to see how much validators are making? Um, okay. So let, I'll, I'll hit those questions. We'll hit those questions in a second. Um, the, uh, but, uh, you, you mentioned how do people know, like, like there needs to be some transparency and you want to know the identity of the nodes. Well, there is kind of a system it's, I mean, it's centralized right now. There's a system that is, and maybe it will be forever. We're, we're in Terra Station, that little blue check mark, um, which we have one, some other nodes have one. I don't know how rigorous the process is to get it, but at least you do uh, you do fill out some a form with some information and reach out, um, post post a description and stuff and a website and, and so on uh, to, to Terraform Labs. And so you get that little blue check mark. For some reason, there's a bug and our description isn't on the, the web page. We've had a couple, a couple of issues there, but um, I'll, uh, I'll reach out again and get that fixed. I uh, just haven't bothered yet. But anyway, so you can look at validators that have blue check marks. That means they're at least a, like a little bit of due diligence has been done on them. Uh, reach out to their social channels, see if they're active, um, to try to find out who they are basically and confirmation that the entity that's listed is like does publicly claim to be running a Terra validator uh, and so on. And there's actually a project that um, that will show in just a second that might make this easier, a newly announced project. And it was in the Terraform Labs uh, community spotlight that they do. It was maybe the fourth project in the community spotlight 
we've seen Cash and Loop and um, somebody else I'm forgetting, and now this project as well to help people pick validators. So the the costs for validators range. Um, you know, somebody said 400 to 1,000. It depends on how much of that stuff you're doing. Whether you're protecting your validator with Sentry nodes, whether you're running a backup node, which while it sounds great, is uh, is complex to do without risking double signing and slashing everybody five percent. So uh, it's it's not uh, universal right now. Eventually, that'll be streamlined out. Um, and then whether you're running all these these other like testnet nodes, for example, you don't have to run testnet nodes, but a lot of validators do uh, in order to contribute to the network. So I, I think that that range that, uh, that Jared's been giving 400 to $1,000, I think that's fair. Uh, there are people that, there are validators that pay more, especially if you're, um, if like as a validator, you're not a sysadmin, right? Some of these community validators aren't necessarily like Unix buffs. Uh, Linux buffs, you know, and uh, and sysadmin buffs, uh, and they don't want it, so they they find somebody else to help. So there could be additional costs as well, depending on the validator. Um, it'll it'll probably creep up over a thousand dollars as storage demands grow, and as infra competition becomes a little bit a little bit stronger. But that's, I think that's a pretty good range. We can't see how much validators are making that I know of, but I'm going to go check SmartStake and see if they've added something like that. SmartStake, another great validator as well that you mentioned. They've got a lot of good resources out there. So if you're looking to, if you're if you're uh, staked to terabytes, but you want to diversify a little bit, good option there. Um, question for you, Pete, on the cost side, as we see more assets added to Mirror. Um, and just more assets added eventually to uh, to Nebula as we see like ETFs come into play. There's going to be more and more need and reliance upon oracles to give us those price feeds. Does that increase the the price of those oracle fees for validators? No, they don't. The service, at least in the case we use, the service we use, the first paid tier is plenty for frequent oracle updates. Um, I don't know. Um, as people want to decentralize, uh, as people want to, uh, you know, add more of those into the mix, because you can add multiple, then it'll increase costs a little bit. But it's it's not it's not this is like a scalability thing. It's fine. In fact, they made a they made a recent change around the anchor airdrop that was really helpful. Um, there were oracle votes weren't getting in because uh, there was a congestion on the network. Um, so they made Oracle votes prioritized and also free. So if the action is to vote, is a validator saying, hey, here's some Oracle votes, then the validator doesn't need to pay a fee on that. So if the validator's fees are, you know, their fee wallet is dropping low or something, or the network's congested, it doesn't, it doesn't stop the Oracles from coming in. So that was a good recent change. Nobody talked about it except in the validator discord. But uh, um, anyway, let's talk about Stater, Stater. Stater, I think they're saying branding it Stater. I got a screen share, let's put it up. Check this out for staking. The most convenient and safest way to maximize your returns on staking. Okay, what does that do? You're, you're not really sure, but if you launch the app, it becomes a little bit clearer. And of course it launches in a new tab. Hang on one second. Okay, so they have an alpha out and you can actually, uh, you can actually use it on testnet and they only have a couple of baskets here. There could be, might be, more baskets added, like community validators in here. 
and um, you know a reliability commission mix, something like that. Right now, just I mean, it's alpha. It just came out. They have a couple here: least commission validators, and you can see who that is, and then uh, top validators. And again, it's alpha. This is not something that uh, you know. But you can uh, you can check out the allocation here, and you can actually connect your wallet and and try it out on testnet. Um, and then you get a little dashboard here that just shows you your two vaults and uh, the rewards going on with those vaults. And you can use your own deposits there, your own waiting rewards, and your own funds that could still be delegated. So it's a it's a way to um, and eventually, eventually, I'm sure that the governance token or, or governance mechanism will like set what these validator pots are, like be able to say, hey, we want to we want to make a new basket with these parameters. Um, or something more subjective, like we want to add this really helpful community validator to the community validators pot, or something like that, right? Um, but at, for now, it's they're they're adding some cool baskets. These are the first two, and um, it's it's open for feedback. If you want to pop in and uh, say, hey, I think this basket would be a great idea, or I see a problem with this basket, or uh, this is too subjective, whatever you want to say, you can just reach out to Stater Labs. They're looking for feedback on uh, on their product in general. That's alpha.staterlabs.com. And we hope to have them on soon. So they want to actually be multi-chain too. So they want to uh, you know, have vaults ultimately that could be across chains and uh, it's all non-custodial. Uh, people, you can see the contracts um, working on uh, on the, the Explorer when you fire it up. And um, it's it's a non-custodial thing. So uh, that's cool. I thought it, when I heard about them, I assumed it was going to be custodial. Uh, but you you just uh, deposit to their contract and uh, you know they can't take all your money, uh, but it's conveniently divvied out into these baskets, these baskets of validators. Anyway, that's it. Stop. And so just to sort of like put that in layman's terms, what's why would someone stake with them rather than just going in and selecting their own validators? Uh, for three reasons, I think. Uh, the first being that, I mean, maybe you're coming in and you want to follow a certain strategy, like you want the lease commission, or you want to pick validators that have been sort of vetted, right? I mean, not that Stater is taking on any liability if there's you know, slashing, eventually there might be community, or excuse me, eventually there might be validator baskets that have built in slashing insurance with something like Unslashed, um, which would be great too. But, you know, you're coming in and they're sort of vetted, right? The, the stater knows who they are. The community, the governance knows who they are um, or will protest. Like, what, like, what are you doing with these? Um, you know, and and so you're, you're getting a little bit more, like, you know that if I hit just community validators because I want to support the community, uh, here's the commission, the overall commission. I don't have to stake five times. You know, I don't have to, I'm not researching all these people because uh, if there's a bit of vetting going on, it just makes it easier for people like that. And, uh, and also a unified place to check out how all your baskets and validators are doing across potentially multiple chains in the future. Um, so I know they're working on multiple stake chains. They want to be the staking validator aggregator across um, you know, all these different staking blockchains make it more convenient for everybody to do non-custodial staking, following the strategies they like in these, can I call them so semi-vetted uh, baskets of validators. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty interesting.
Yeah, yeah. Uh, someone in the chat's asking for the link for Stater, Stotter. Yeah, it's um, Alpha. I'm not in the YouTube. Um, it's it's alpha.staterlabs.com, or you just go to staterlabs.com, and that has the uh, app link right there. You can connect wallet, check it out on testnet. And then I, I just want to take a step back even further, just for some of the people that maybe don't know, because it makes sense um, up front to want to stake to validators who are providing uh, good value for the community. But you mentioned slashing, uh, and there's a there's a financial incentive to staking with good validators as well. If you go on Terra Station, you see that there's like an uptime statistic. What is slashing How, why does that happen and what is the penalty potentially for somebody if you're staking to a validator who isn't paying attention isn't updating um could because you can get penalized as someone who's staking to a validator as well as the validator getting penalized can you dive into that a little bit more sure there's there's two kinds of slashing and uh well there might be more but there are two main kinds i'm, I'm not sure if there's another um but one has happened before and has affected people that's called downtime slashing, and that is 0.01%. So if you have um, 10,000 Luna, then you'll get slashed one Luna, um, which you don't want to happen, but it's not you know catastrophic, right? <laughs> I mean, 0.01%. That's if the validator you're voting for goes down for, for a significant time. It's not just if they miss a block or two. Um, it's if you start to see, see that uptime number sync on station, and it just keeps sinking and then the validator gets jailed. Basically they're harming the network because whenever we contact the validator and say, hey, make a block, the validator doesn't, doesn't do it, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't make a block. Um, so they get jailed uh, until you know, they can fix the issue and then actually push a transaction saying, hey, I'm good, unjail me. Um, and if that happens, you will get slashed 0.01%. That happened to us before related to an update uh, a few months ago and it happened to uh, several validators at the same time um, and we uh, we reimbursed the slashing to uh, to voters' accounts. Um, sent out a bunch of transactions of like, hey, here's here's point zero three of your Luna back that got slashed, right? Um, but that's just something we, I wanted to I want to automate that. I mean, ideally that doesn't happen, right? But at, at some point, your cloud hosting service might have downtime. Um, so people are incentivized to vote for validators that have good uptime history and that they think have good infra teams. But that slashing isn't the end of the world, 0.01%. But there's a more serious slashing for double signing. Um, double signing a block is when a validator, maybe they have a backup node, or maybe they're doing something maliciously. This is the problem with a backup node. Uh, if both nodes say, um, create a block you know, and sign it off and, and try to, like basically they're creating two different blocks. Um, and, and they're they're signing off, that, that could be a way to try to cheat, uh, to try to, um, you know, steal money, basically. Uh, it could be a way to try to attack the network. It could be malicious. And because of that, that's a 5% slash. So you get a 5% slash for double signing. Now, I haven't heard of an instance of that happening on mainnet. Um, I, I think I would have heard about it if it did, uh, but at least since we've joined, haven't heard of that happening. Uh, so it's a 5% slash. It's uh, it's a more serious slash for sure. Uh, you want to make sure you, I don't know, you, you want to dodge that one by having validators that are good with their infra um, and that 
you trust <laughs> uh, not to act maliciously. Now, again, they can't run away with all your Luna and they don't get that 5%. But if you are voting for a validator and that validator acts maliciously, um, whether intentionally or not, then that's a 5% slash. Now you can get slashing insurance. I don't know how, uh, how live this is right now, um, but let's go over to unslashed finance. I know that if it's not something you can do yet, it's something that you'll be able to do is get insurance uh, for, it's, they're called unslashed, right? It's slashing insurance, uh, but it's also protection against all kinds of other things. Uh, they have stablecoin peg insurance you can take out now against UST. If UST goes under 95, well, actually, maybe it's not live yet, but uh, the parameters I saw were if UST goes under 95 cents for two weeks, then it pays out, right? The, pro, the, uh, the peg insurance premium pays out. But you could see these other potential uh, problems as well. So we're working with Unslash Insurance on that. Hopefully, that'll soon be integrated more tightly. Um, and this is actually the reason that... Um, when you go to Anchor and you, uh, you, you, you bond Luna, there's only a limited list of validators there. That's in partnership with Lido Finance, known for doing uh, the uh, STETH, um, ETH staking derivatives, like liquid staking derivatives on Ethereum for Ethereum 2.0. Your Ethereum's locked up forever. Well, they give you a token that represents your stake, basically. And so Lido also is, is working with Anchor, both to bring Ethereum to the platform and in general. And so they have like uh, some application process and reliability metrics for validators, which is why the list there is limited. Validators have to meet stringent uh, reliability metrics and then apply to, to, get, to get into that list. Um, so there's, there's levels of protection here that you could go with. In Anchor, your validators are like, you look at those validators, they've been vetted for their infra. Um, you could get unslashed finance slashing insurance out or you could just say, well, it's 0.01% and I'll be really careful to not vote for validators that I think are a risk for that or for the 5% slashing. Yeah, and just another- That is Lido, uh, L-I-D-O. Just another note, uh, a couple other notes just about validators as we sort of shift gears a little bit here towards some of the other news we wanted to cover today. Um, if you are looking to either move your delegation away from a validator for whatever reason, or you're looking to diversify, please keep in mind that you don't have to undelegate and wait 21 days um, for that unstaking period to clear and then redelegate. Uh, you would miss out on 21 days of your uh, staking rewards there. You can actually just redelegate. Um, so there's no penalty there. There's no loss of your staking rewards. And so please be mindful of that. I've seen a lot of people, whenever the announcement came out that um, Nebula was going to be dropped to smaller validators, they went and immediately undelegated and uh, they lose 21 days there of their staking. So look into redelegating. There's some tutorials out there, some walkthroughs on it. If you have any questions or anything, hit us up on Twitter, hit us up on Telegram. We'll be happy to help. Um, one other note too, and Pete, I sent you a link. I don't know how quick you can pull up a link from Telegram, but um, just jumping back to the bounties real quick, the bounty number two which is on LearnTerra, which is live right now for any of you content creators out there, uh, is actually uh, specifically what we were talking about a little bit earlier with this, which is basically the um, TFL in partnership with Terabytes is paying content creators to go out there and actually create a more robust sort of catalog of who all the validators are, 
what's up with the team? What does their infer team look like? As Pete mentioned earlier, um, you know, maybe what is their, uh, what is their pedigree? What is their, um, I can't remember the word I'm trying to think of, but how, you know, how, how well are they uh, providing value for the community? So um, we can bring that up on the screen real quick. So this is the, um, this is the second of three bounties that have gone out this week. And you can earn up to $500 for publishing a report on current validators and the Terra Luna ecosystem. Um, so ch take a look at that. That's live over at, uh, at Terra, or I'm sorry, learn, is it learn-terra, I believe is the URL? Yeah, learn-terra.com. And you just go up to bounties up here and you can see uh, these nice stretched images where all the bounties are. There's, there's three right now. Earn $500 for explaining how anchor savings work to normies. Earn up to five hundred, and there's again, there's multiple uh, multiple winners possible. So even if you don't take right. away the top prize, you can take away a second or third prize. Um, and uh, and I believe you get to keep like uh, the authorship if you want to grow a medium following. You keep the authorship and add to the Terra publication, and uh, and then it lives on the Terra publication, but it's still yours, and uh, you can start building up a medium following if that's something you want to do. Um, the second one's on validators in the ecosystem, and the third one's on the new developments of Columbus 5, which I know a lot of people are asking about, and we've seen a lot of tweets going around for a while about Columbus 5 and the impact it'll have. Yeah, and uh, Donku R in the chat said, can we get multiple bounties per week as a creator? Um, Pete, you and I are the judges. I think if somebody comes out with good enough content, uh, I'm not going to limit them to make as much money as they want to, so... If, if Donku, if you come in and write the best article on Anchor and the best article on uh, validators, I, I don't see why not. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, that it, we've talked with a couple other people who from TFL who are going to be the judges as well, and there hasn't been uh, there hasn't been any discussion of limiting anybody's ability to to earn there. So uh, interested to see what the the first round of um, of content bounties will be um there was a podcast that happened can't remember was it this morning or yesterday i think it was early yesterday morning um mr do Quan himself was was on a podcast and he talked about a, a potential new protocol that tfl is working on and uh we wanted to cover that a little bit pete what what do we know about that it's called prism what is that all about yeah, it's called Prism, and I wanted to play the clip, but I don't, I don't have it ready yet. But uh, he dropped Prism as uh, he was talking about interest swaps. Um, how right now you're exposed to, like, like if you hold Luna, um, and you stake it, there's maybe two different things you want to be exposed to, and right now you have to be exposed to both. The first one is Luna price movements, so you're exposed to Luna, you know, like you want it to go go up, right? Um, but you are also exposed to these airdrops and other staking rewards, but these airdrops and your rewards depend on the value of those. Well, what if you want to just bet on one or the other? You know, what if you want to get the Luna rewards and you want to be, you know, have Luna price exposure, uh, but you don't care about the airdrops? Or what if you, you think the ecosystem is going to do great and you want all the airdrops, but you don't particularly care, think that the price of Luna is is going to go up. You want exposure to one or the other. Um, you don't have to take like like interest swaps, right? You can you can it's just more customizable exposure to things. And so Prism is 
this idea and then still beyond that, I think, other ways of doing interest swaps and separating out interest concerns for people so that they can get exposure to something more specific. And of course, those are our tokens, the derivatives that can be used throughout the financial ecosystem. I don't only talked about this for about 30 seconds. So um, I might, there, if there's something I'm, I'm missing or, you know, some key component, you know, who knows, it was just announced. Uh, but that's, that's what Prism is about. I'm, I'm super interested in that. I, I just, um, it's, it's, it's going to be, I don't know, it's, it's a really interesting thing for me is these like tokens that separate out. Like, hey, you can get Luna ecosystem exposure without price exposure to Luna. Uh, or you can or go the other way, you know, and you can use these in all these projects. So pretty cool idea. Yeah, I wonder what effect that'll have on the like I with um, with Anchor, we saw sort of like a massive unstaking. Remember that? Um, that was like before the May Day event was the unstakening. Um, and I wonder if people only have sort of price exposure to the airdrops, but not the underlying asset, then do we see an unstakening? uh again because i think i think there still needs to be staked luna behind that um but, but you're right there might be less if people right, well, are taking one side or the other right yeah right 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 and I, I mean again this is pure speculation i actually didn't even see the 30 second clip i caught the end of the interview um but you know you would think if you're not if there that underlying asset is staked but you don't necessarily own it uh you don't really have any any incentive to unstake at that point maybe whoever's staking is just sort of would it be like i'm staking my luna and then selling off the rights to the airdrop without selling off the underlying luna is yeah i think you can think it? you could think of it that way you stake yeah. luna to a contract and then you get both these exposure tokens um i mean maybe it'll run a little bit differently ux wise but you get both these exposure tokens and then you can sell them or do whatever you want with them yeah That'll be interesting to see. And I know, uh, given Doe's track record, he comes up with an idea and, and pitches it. And then, you know, within two months, we've got a, a fully functional product. So, <laughs> Except for Columbus 5. Except for Columbus <laughs> 5, right. The thing um, we are all waiting on. And it, it is still slotted for mid-July, I believe. And uh, Columbus 5 brings in so many great things, uh, including a potential increase in staking rewards because swap fees go to stakers now and uh, more functionality that's needed for upcoming projects. There are a bunch of projects that are kind of waiting on Columbus 5 and an upgrade to the first uh, stable release, the first release that Cosm Wasm team actually says, hey, okay, you can use this. <laughs> We've been using pre-release releases um, here and on things like Secret Network uh, for Cosm Wasm. So that upgrade, and then also IBC, uh, we've got to see UST coming to places like Osmosis and the upcoming Gravity decks uh, to really provide a great stablecoin for the Cosmos ecosystem and beyond. So really excited about uh, Columbus 5. Oh, let's uh, introduce Valkyrie. Let's do this. Let's talk about it. Valkyrie. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, actually, first, if you guys don't know what Osmosis is, Head to Osmosis Zone. This isn't Terra, strictly a Terra project, but um, UST and other Terra assets will be on it. It's an inner chain exchange. Um, so you can go between blockchains, uh, like Cosmos blockchains. And of course, with bridges, you can get from Ethereum to here, but like, uh, you know, Crow and, and Atom and eventually UST here. And there's a, there's a whole airdrop program 
if you held Adam staked, I believe, on February 18th, then you can go through this whole uh, setup and get dropped a bunch of Osmo. Um, so you might get, depending on how much Adam you have, you might get thousands of dollars worth of Osmo. So go check it out. Anyway, um, ValkyrieProtocol.com. This is a new project just dropped a week ago, um, mentioned a week ago for the first time by SJ Park, had a special projects at Terra. And now we've got a landing page. Now, uh, there's some things about the landing page that are, you know, um, no, this is this is great. Look at this. It's all, it's all, it's a landing page. <laughs> okay. Can't say anything bad about it. Um, amplify your reach, earn endless reward, earn endless rewards. So it's a marketing AdWords referrals, uh, kind of project that is on Terra. Um, let's see more details here. We've got the drop booster, the activity booster, and the plus booster programs, uh, multifaceted rewards, which incentivize all aspects of campaign participation for campaign creators and participants. Um, so very, very interesting. I mean, we've got the typical distributed governance and shall we call it distributed equity, um, uh, but otherwise it's a, a reward ecosystem. And uh, can, you, can I click these? No, not yet. Someday soon. Uh, that's all we got. You can join the Telegram, which I believe is still closed to new messages. You can check out the Twitter and go to the landing page at ValkyrieProtocol.com. Uh, something that strikes me as interesting with this is this kind of the first Terraform lab project or project that, uh, other than BuzzLink, uh, which we haven't seen much of outside of like Korean language stuff, right? Um, this is one of the uh, the Terra projects that isn't like explicitly uh, like it's, I guess it's pushing out a DeFi a little bit, right? You feel that too? Like we're starting to nudge out of DeFi, and we've seen a lot of community projects do that with NFTs and and um, you know charity and things like starting to push a little bit a little bit more out of building DeFi primitives, right? Which is what everything else has been doing so far: mirror stocks, anchor savings, um, like payments functionality. And, uh, and Nebula ETFs and so on, just enabling this financial ecosystem. And we're starting to push out, it's still financial, but it's it's um, it's like referrals and ads. And like, so we're expanding, I guess, the little bubble I can do. Um, this is a, you, you said it was a Terraform Labs project. Did you misspeak or is that a, is that an No, I think, I think I misspoke. Uh, no, it's it's a it's a, it was mentioned by Terraform Labs uh, initially, and I think it was like their special projects came up with the idea. It'll be its own company uh, or its own team or its own something. Uh, but why do you think they're? Well, am I completely wrong on that? Do you, is it like? Uh, I guess just because I saw their their head of special projects SJ um, say, "Hey, introducing Valkyrie," I assumed it was TFL. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen, uh, the, I saw the tweet from, from SJ as well. I figured it was a third party project though. So. Okay. Well, we'll look into that then. Sure. Yeah. We'll find out. Somebody asked, is Valkyrie rebranded BuzzLink? I haven't heard that. I don't know if Pete's heard that. Um, but I don't think so. And then I haven't heard else, it. someone else said any news on Spar, which I also haven't heard any news so um i've just seen a little bit of uh recent like 
sneak peek videos, um, some basic Twitter activity. I don't know. I know they're gearing up. Um, whether they're waiting for Columbus 5 or not, I don't know. But uh, can't wait for Spar to come out too. Yeah. Um, all right. What else do we have on the agenda here, Mr. K? Um, I uh, Is that it? Is that it for agenda? Well, we yeah, got, well, we got some comments maybe to address here. Yeah, prison, How can you I start? Mean, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, well, we got some potential questions to address here. Like, how can you start your own node? Great question. Um, yeah, you can join the Terra Validators Discord. Uh, just uh, poke around in the in like the official Terra Discord. Ask somebody. Um, I'll put try to put a link in the show notes later when the video is processed. But you can join the Terra Validators Discord. Um, ask around there. You need to have some experience running something like that, like like sysadmin experience, or you need to know someone who does, or hire someone who does, uh, because there's no getting around. Even if you, even though the guides are great, and you could spin up a node and set up price oracles and everything based on the guides, um, even if you didn't understand what you were doing, that's not the place you want to be in, because there's always some kind of issue that's related to the cloud provider or the node you like the 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 setup you picked or, um, or issues might come in down the line and you got to have somebody who knows their way around a Linux box, knows their way around, like using Git and things like that in order to, uh, to, to, to troubleshoot, whether that's you or a friend or a partner or just someone you hire. So that's a, that's a consideration. Um, and then you come in, you, uh, you get a cloud or bare metal if you want, you get a, a server basically run and uh, cloud will probably cost you Right now, a couple hundred dollars on something like DigitalOcean, um, a few hundred dollars on something like uh, GCP, Google Cloud Provider. Um, and you can also, you could consider something like Akash, decentralized hosting, which I don't know if there's a Terra validator running on that yet either. But then you're adding another, right? It's, it's Akash is a, an earlier stage project. So you're adding a level of uncertainty about uh, you know the stability of that. Um, so you could consider these options pick a cloud hoster or again, run your own bare metal server somewhere. Um, and then uh, then you just go through the docs and install everything up. You've got to get the main Terra like node running and then also the price feeds running. And then you submit like a little profile so that you get listed on Terra station with your information, your name, your little icon, your description and so on. And, uh, and you're good to go. You have to make sure you watch the Terra Validator Discord, and you have to make sure that you are on top of updates. Um, and uh, you also want to start considering, you know, do I how do I put up a Sentry node, uh, like firewall nodes, to protect my validator from DDoS attacks and things like that. Um, and there's more you could go into, but those are the basics. Uh, let's see. All right, anyone getting some Terra fatigue? So much to keep up with. Yeah. Um, gonna hire somebody just to just to make a Twitter list and make sure all the current terror projects are in it. Um, just you know today I, we we talked about Andromeda, Evan. We talked about Andromeda because it was a voting like a proposal, a governance proposal, right? And we talked about it at like it some, was new. <laughs> we talked at some length. yeah, and then this morning, I texted Evan the new Twitter profile for Andromeda protocol. Like, and it's not that it's not that I didn't think Andromeda and their NFTs, their finance NFTs and whatever they're doing is really cool. It's just that there's been so many new drops. I was like, oh, another one. <laughs> right. Oh, man. All right. Oh, yeah. Now it's time for the snake. Okay. okay. 
And as Pete goes to get the snake, I see a couple people in chat here have uh, reminded us the 48 hours. Um, unfortunately, we don't have any crazy inside alpha news on what's going to happen in 48 hours. But just a little update on what exactly is 48 hours mean. Um, we saw Doquan tweet roughly, I'd say, 24 hours ago. So we're about 24 hours away. Um, but who knows with his timelines. Um we talked last week about the reserves for Anchor and on the borrow side, how the reserves are beginning to be depleted. Um, he, he said he's got the, the solution, the solution um, that he's going to come out with. He's going to come out with within 48 hours. So uh, we're all looking forward to that. And here comes the snake. Yep. A request from uh, Crypto Truffle Pig and others. Evan goes full screen for some reason. I woke him up. He was uh, sleeping. So, hey, buddy. Uh, there's the ball python for you. He, uh, yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> That's his second show with some kind of animal mascot on it. <laughs> last, last time we had a rat on the show. This time we have this yellow ball python who's uh, you have to change bit, the uh, you have to change shy. the thumbnail again to have the, the snake on there. <laughs> You're not worried yeah. about him like uh, wrapping around your neck there? <laughs> no, no, they there's that's never happened. You know, um, you even look into boa stories, and it doesn't it doesn't happen. Uh, he just is treating me like a tree, you know. Right. Um, so he'll grip, but you know, no, it's not an assassination attempt. He knows I'm too big. If I were smaller, yeah, uh, he would eat me. <laughs> It'd be game over. <laughs> Uh, we got a question here from uh, our friend Don Q. He said, if it's time for questions, which new project makes you guys most excited? And I wanted to hear your answer on that, Pete. Oh, man. Um, I am really excited about Nebula. And then maybe that's lame because it's not some alpha on a secret project that nobody knows about. Um, but I just, I really want to try out the algorithmic ETFs. I think that they're going to be interesting. I want to make my own. You know, Nebula is it for me right now. What about you? Um, I think I'm. I think I, I'm most excited about. Well, I'm curious to see what happens with Ozone if that ever comes about. Um, so I don't. I, there's a lot going on out there for sure. Um, Nebula is definitely intriguing. Um, I don't know. I, I, there's like I said, there, there's not really one that sticks out. I'm just just excited for the next one that comes out really you know what i mean i think pylon is, is cool and i mean we've only seen the airdrop so far from pylon so um you know we haven't really seen like the full depth of the project and how it's going to work with the launch pad and things like that so right. i'm looking forward to see how pylon works see if there's integrations for things um just today i was looking at anchor and on the anchor earn side there's a little tab there that it shows you like hey each week you can earn you know you're expected to earn this much and i was just thinking like man it would be so cool if there was a button there that i could just be like all right click here's my netflix or here's my phone bill you know like let's just let's just have this pay my phone bill um so it'd be cool to see integrations like that uh also very excited for orion and what that brings to the ecosystem and be able to see uh you know once ethereum stable coins can be um added in as well but that also puts some uh, orion's on huge man we yeah. got to get them on the show. Not only do they have the Orion um, Saver project, which is what you're talking about, but they've got like like payment stuff and Orion uh, yield aggregator stuff, and I forget the the branding for all of them. But uh, just some really cool ideas coming down the pipeline. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a couple more questions here, Pete, if you want to cover them. Otherwise, we can uh, wrap up. Sure, let's cover them real quick. Uh, can't, well, this isn't really a question. Kenon John says, I think Mars will be huge. Um, Tonton says, have you guys looked into NOD games that spun up a validator? They create mobile games with NFTs, etc. I have not seen that, Pete. I'm not sure if you have. Um, I think I've heard of of this. I'm looking at their their website right now. Um, I'll I'll, sh I'll share it. Why not? Also, um, quick question: Does anyone know? Is your snake named Pliskin? No, I don't. I don't know where that came from. No. Um, <laughs> I uh, I will not answer the implicit question. <laughs> All right, so here's Nod Games, pioneering the future. I got a couple of games up. Um, so I guess they maybe are looking at doing uh, doing this on Terra. Um, let's see if these click through. See if any of these games are actually live. Uh, looks like it. Um, this is League of Kingdoms. We can Ooh, apparently start are. here or go to the App Store um the official trailer an mmo strategy game where gamers fight for dominion nfts and so on uh so we have a node here does that are they just doing multiple nodes or um because it looks like there are if they're a blocked partner they might be on flow um but who knows anyway yeah let's go to their twitter and just check this out real quick it doesn't seem like there's anything they're publicly saying anything about Terra. It's very interesting that they've started a node and maybe we'll be uh, looking for some announcements related to that soon, I hope. Anyway, thanks. We'll keep an eye on that. Yasin says you're weird. I assume he's talking about you and not me. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about me having a snake. You know, when I was a kid, I thought snakes were weird too. And like any kid that had a snake was weird, but whatever it's a great pet if you like need to leave uh because and travel because they can like not eat for eight months and be fine you know so it's super low maintenance in some ways yeah i i think uh weird is cool i like your pet snake it brings it brings a lot of entertainment value to the show that we otherwise <laughs> wouldn't have so somebody asked earlier i i missed the comment but they said who what's the pet going to be next week for the hat trick so what do, what else do you oh have man there? In the hopper. I mean, us. we got a dog, um, <laughs> but but that's boring, right? I have a baby. I feel feel like now baby. I should go. I feel like now I should go buy like an echidna or something and really top it off, you know? Or like, <laughs> yeah, I got a pet kangaroo. Or yeah, I mean, yeah, my Komodo <laughs> dragon. <laughs> <laughs> we bought that at the top. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no returns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, all right. Um, guys, I love all the questions. Uh, we're going to, I mean, I know we want to talk about Pylon soon, but we're coming up on time here. So uh, we're going to have to stall the rest of the questions for another time. But please reach out on Twitter. We'll answer questions there as well if, uh, if we're online. Um, you can reach out in comments here. Sometimes comments go crazy and I miss some. So just uh, poke at me if, if you know you can't get me. Um, and uh, yeah, and share, subscribe, rate, review. Thanks so much for watching and uh, help other people discover this ecosystem of Terra and stablecoins and so much more uh, by discovering Terabytes here on YouTube. And we'll see you next time. Farewell.